Hey everyone, welcome back to Crypto Sapiens. I am your host, Humpty Calderon. And today I'm very excited to have a good friend and fellow Bankless DAO member on the podcast. His name is Perchy. And we're talking about Chippy NFTs, of which he is the founder and creator of. Now, we go back to the beginning, at the beginning of this story, to where Chippies first started. And I realized that Chippies were actually Perchy's way of documenting his crypto journey in Bankless DAO when he first started. And this really resonates with me because it just reminds me that no matter how small or personal a contribution to a DAO, it can grow to take a life of its own and grow a strong community around it as well. So Chippy, for those of you who don't know, are a series of 500 non-generative NFTs. They are hand-drawn by Perchy himself, and they're tied together by this character that is very familiar and very cute. In our conversation, we talk about everything from brand building to signaling your commitment to your community, as well as building a layered metaverse with your NFTs. As always, there's lots to unpack here. So let's get started. Um, so before this, uh, I was a high school teacher, uh, an English teacher living in uh, Myanmar. Um, and for the last uh, 10 years or so, I've, I've been doing... Uh, not that role exactly, but uh, international teaching roles. Uh, I, I lived in um, South Korea before uh, Myanmar and uh, now located in uh, Costa Rica with my partner, uh, Cute, who's also part of the, uh, the Bankless DAO community, uh, the Chippy community, and, and many of these other uh, Web3 circles uh, that we all love. Um, yeah, so... I never know where to be, where to begin these like oh how how did you get here kind of stories because it's uh it's all sorts of different threads here so let me know if I'm, I'm rambling too much or get too uh distracted um so I I feel like I've had I think this part's relevant because I I've always sort of wanted to try these these kind of new things, different things. I've never been too comfortable or satisfied just kind of doing the the normal thing, the status quo. As I'm talking mainly when it comes to uh, my job, uh, what I'm, whatever I'm doing at the time. Um, so to, to kind of give an example of that, like my first, uh, my first job was, I, w- I went to school for creative writing. I ended up uh, graduating and working uh, as an accountant in a, in a large U.S. bank. Um, totally not my background at all, uh, but it was an interesting year to learn about that world. It was actually in 2008. Uh, the, so I was seeing the financial meltdown from, from that perspective. Um, I decided it, it just wasn't for me. Uh, and so I quit that job. And for a while, I was a um, kind of a semi-professional online poker player, um, which is before that a hobby that I'd been uh, doing for quite a while um, and was not making great money, but enough to, uh, to get by uh, for, for that, you know, six months to a year where I was just doing only that. Um, and during that time, I, w- I was sort of planning what my next 
phase would be. I think I, I knew right away, like, uh, I wasn't going to be a professional, a committed professional poker player and, and go down that route. Um, and so I decided, uh, I, I started volunteering. I was, I was teaching, uh, at a, uh, English as a second language center and through there discovered the opportunity to, uh, t- teach abroad. And shortly after that, uh, I was on a plane to uh, South Korea and that started my international, uh, teaching, uh, career. Um, so, which I guess some, some would find the international teaching, uh, seen to be kind of an eclectic or kind of not, not maybe the mainstream way as far as teaching goes, um, to be, uh, it's a, a small, a smaller percentage of, of people there. So I guess just all this to say, like something like crypto, I think really drew me in uh, immediately just seeing it as this kind of a, a frontier, a new frontier, um, similar in a way to online poker was at the time or international teaching, something maybe that was a little less explored than other areas. And so because it's less explored presents these very unique and fun uh, and uh, yeah, interesting opportunities. So I think that's what drew me both to crypto like philosophically and sort of as a, as a personality wise, and then kind of led me into this uh, DAO and crypto space. So first of all, it sounds like you were already a person of the world prior to crypto, right? And I, and I say that framed by this idea that like crypto and Web3 is this like worldwide event, right? This movement that isn't necessarily just for certain regions of the world, but it involves everyone around the world. And anyone can participate in this, in this movement. You were already kind of doing a little bit of, of that through kind of this work that you were doing in teaching around the world, but also maybe even through poker. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe you just had a residence in Vegas. I'm, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that entails. But I think that's pretty rad. I like this idea that you had this like global perspective. And maybe is it fair to say that that kind of lends uh, uh, itself into how you think creatively, uh, into how you think about communities around the world? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I, I think that traveling uh, and living uh, in a few different countries has, has definitely shaped um, how I think a lot um, in kind of just subtle ways over, over time. But I guess um, if I were to connect that, connect the dots there, um, I, I guess just broadly, I think we're getting, we're entering a, a phase where international travels so easy uh, relative to how it used to be. Um, and I think borders are going to be breaking down a bit in, in terms of just friction for people moving to one place or another. And I think that's visible a lot with this uh, digital nomad idea. Um, just the, in the last few years with the pandemic of so many jobs uh, moving to just uh, remote um, that it kind of has, to, we, we kind of have to have this change where um, location, physical location becomes less relevant uh, to what you're doing. 
I don't know if I answered the question, but <laughs> no, I think you did. <laughs> kind of got lost there. No, that's fine. So let's touch on some of the things that you do, right? So I think one of the projects that you are most uh, recognized for are the chippy NFTs. I mean, let's start with just where that started and introduce what chippy NFTs are. Then we can dive down deep that rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm happy to. So uh, a few different places uh, that I would have to reference here. Um, the first time that I ever drew a chippy character, if you haven't seen them before, they're uh, these sort of uh, amorphous white blob creatures with, uh, with a face, very minimalistic sort of uh, style. And I had a notebook um, a few, several years ago where I just decided I was going to, uh, excuse me, where I was going to sketch uh, some comics and some ideas down. Um, and so they made their first appearance that I can remember in in there, uh, in a notebook where I was just um, creating comics, not to show anyone, just for fun, uh, about things that I, I saw in my life at the time. Um, and then I kind of, uh, you know, forgot about that and set that aside. And uh, when they really kind of emerged as, as what they are now uh, was basically a, shortly after the launch of Bankless Dow, So a couple of years ago now. Um, so at, when Bankless Dow launched, uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to be a part of that, that launch and that airdrop. Uh, and it was a really exciting time in my life uh, and a very, a lot of change was going on. So I had just left uh, the, my previous country. I had left Myanmar and was on the way to Costa Rica. I was living in a couple different places in between, visiting family. Um, and uh, so a, a lot of these ideas around this time, actually, I invented, my sister loves to say, uh, in, from her basement, which is where I was living, in my sister's basement. Um, so, and a shout out to my sister, by the way, who's a huge part of the Chippy community. Uh, she she runs the Discord in there, um, Kefe. Uh, so she's she's been um, a loyal supporter from the very beginning. Uh, so, yeah. So when the Bankless DAO launched, lots of chaos. Everyone was kind of trying to figure out what was going on, what we were doing, and. I think from the first or the second community calls when the idea came to me that I should make comics to document what was happening. And one of the first comics I made was uh, the Pope POAP uh, debate, which I think was historically just settled last week, if I'm correct. Uh, I, I think they settled on the wrong answer. I think they chose Pope, right? Um, which anyway, uh, <laughs> So I, I drew a, a comic sort of showing the, the schism, like it was obviously just a very fun and friendly debate within the DAO, but you know, what if it was like a little more rancorous? So I, I decided to do like a, people getting really upset about which, uh, and, and divided into camps over, over this. Um, so I threw that into the, uh, the Bankless DAO uh, channels and got a lot of positive feedback from it from um yeah, uh, a lot of those, a lot of people uh, seem to really like the idea more than I expected. Um, and so that just 
inspired, uh, kind of encouraged me to, to make the next one and make the next one. Um, and then a short time after that, uh, I, I thought I'll make these, um, as PFPs for people. Um, and I think crypto bushy, uh, was just starting his, not the Dow punks, uh, not the main Dow punks, but there was a sort of a precursor to that, the original, the OG Dow punks. And he was doing those uh, for members in the Dow. And so that's what I did as well. Uh, I offered uh, people in the Dow um, to make a, a profile picture for them. And uh, lots of people wanted one. And so uh, that's, that's where that began. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like this idea too of uh, Chippy's, being born around the same time as Bankless Dow, because I feel like the biggest ambassadors for Chippy, and I may be wrong here, are the Bankless Dow community. They are Chippy strong. They vibe, you know, with this little uh, blob, as you say. Though they've certainly evolved from their original, you know, minimalistic design to be. I've seen some really. Uh, complicated designs. And I have to say that I'm sure not everybody is uh, very good at being a patron. And I'm going to include myself there because, (laughs) and and, you know, it's because I think as individuals who have an idea of what we want, uh, many times we absolutely do not know, but we have uh, at the core, very strong feelings about um, the vibes, if you will. So anyways, this to say that uh, the Bankless DAO community certainly upholds um, the love uh, and vibes for for chippies. So, and by the way, it's POAP. I don't know what savages agreed. call oh, it Pope. Agreed. I do not understand this debate at all. That should not be a debate. But going back to chippies, tell me a little bit about... Um, you know, how this how this has grown. Obviously, you kind of described them a little bit going from what they were in terms of these comics in uh, your way of using that as a way to document some of the stories that were being told within the Bankless DAO. But now as, as, as chippies go, there's got to be quite a few out there. Um, are there some metrics to kind of talk about how many chippies are out in the wild uh, how many people are holding chippies? Like, I mean, they don't have to be like, you know, 10,000 or 20,000, but I'm just curious because I think that they're quite a powerful um, icon for, you know, identity. And there are many people who have actually put these chippies up there together with like uh, MFers and Deadfellas in terms of creating your brand around that. So let's let's pull on that thread a little bit. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so as far as metrics go, uh, OpenSea introduced, uh, analytics tool that's, uh, makes it very easy to, uh, to see all of that information. Um, I, I also have a lot of that information, uh, stored in my head and also on some spreadsheets on my, uh, computer. So I can, I can tell you that 405 chippies have been created, um, out of a total, uh, Maximum supply of 500. Uh, so just just a little over uh, four-fifths uh, of the way um, uh, through that. Um, and yeah, just, just quickly want to jump back and, and say uh, that, no, I, I, I don't think you're a bad customer at all. Uh, and 
um, I actually, so everyone obviously has a very different approach, uh, which is something I, I've learned through this. Uh, when, when people, uh, just to explain a little more, people sometimes uh, will commission chippies from me, uh, which is uh, a service that I, I'm currently providing for, uh, for 0.07 ETH. I will create a customized chippy. Uh, um, and everyone really comes at this very differently. Some people want me to just completely take over the, the creative control and uh, come up with something for them. And those are actually the ones I find the most challenging, to be honest, is when they say, why don't you just, just create something for me that I'll like? Because I have no problem creating something, you know, that I like. And I guess that's what I've learned to do. It's like, I'm not going to worry about what I think they might like. I'm just going to make something I like and show it to them. And maybe they'll, they'll like it as well. Um, but I actually do appreciate when people are very uh, specific and they have lots of like these, because then it takes the creative load off of me completely. And I'm just like, okay, I'll just, I'll make, I'll make it how they want. And that's uh, so in a way that's, uh, that's preferable in some ways. Uh, it makes me uh, not have to think as much, but uh, yeah. So everyone approaches it differently. There's no right or wrong way. Um, okay. Uh, I wanted to go back to the question at hand. We were talking about analytics, I think, and, and, oh, uh, the n numbers of chippy. So, Chippy are not generative. I draw each one uh, by hand. I do use a basic template for the for the main chippy, but each each one I create is uh, largely by hand. So uh, this project has been going for almost two years now, and only four hundred have been created. Um, so um, it's a it's definitely been a a slow. Not many projects have had a, a long like two year mint period where it's just very one by one getting churned out. But I think that's something that makes Chippy a little uh, unique in that in that regard. Yeah, you know, and I think to to kind of also cover one of the the other questions that I asked was in terms of this idea of like creating brand identities or personal identities uh, with these chippies. As a creator, I guess because I do want to also, you know, merge this idea of like you know creation, but also of identity. Um, and the tools that you have at your disposal and crypto or NFTs, what are your thoughts in terms of like how people uh, use these as a way to identify themselves in this space? And as a creator, like what are your thoughts about, you know, what you're bringing to the table and, you know, whether it's empowerment to you or empowerment to these individuals through their own identities? This is such a big question and it's, it's such a interesting one and I don't know how to begin. It's something that I think my, my thoughts on it have just been evolving from the very beginning. Like um, if we go back to two years ago or three years ago, obviously the idea of a profile picture has been around for quite a while on the internet. Um, people have used avatars in various ways, but sort of this NFT profile picture has changed the meaning of it in some ways that I don't think the community has completely articulated um, what it means yet. I remember very early on ideas like, uh, you know, and still is like right, right click saving is this, this um, big taboo or big, big, like a, almost like a, 
a crime. Like you can't use a profile picture of an NFT that you don't own, right? Uh, that that's sort of like a, a social code uh, that was created um, with NFTs and with with profile pictures as NFTs. And that right-click saving, obviously, that would have made no sense before the the blockchain, right? Everything was right-click saved then, so the distinction didn't matter, um, or or couldn't there couldn't be a distinction because there's no way to own it. Um, so, yeah, it, the, the rules are being written, and what the identity means is is also being uh, created with co-created by the whole community. But I guess one interesting thing that I really like about it so far as, as a collector myself, uh, I've collected PFPs and NFTs from, from various um, collections. And I like this idea that I can have multiple identities at once. Uh, and I can have my identity as, as Perchy, my chippy. Uh, I can have an identity um, with a Dow Punk and uh, other projects. I don't think I want to necessarily plug anything for, uh, you know, uh, else, but, um, yeah, there, so just this idea that you can have all of these, these different avatars and own them as NFTs and they can have these different aspects of your, of yourself can be represented through them. Yeah. You know, I, I, it comes to me, um, that one of the places where I think I share these different identities the most or where, where, where I'm, I have the most diversity in my identities is Discord. Be- and, and the reason for that is Discord allows you to use a different uh, PFP in different servers, right? Um, and even uh, in Web3 uh, servers like, like the Chippy Discord server, you're able to verify the fact that you own a certain chippy, for instance. So this is a pretty cool way of like not just representing yourself, like you said, in terms of how you choose to, um, you know, share who you are to that community, to that group of friends, but also to really, um, ah, what's the word I'm looking for here? Right, really, to kind of nail down this idea of like uh, the commitment of that you have to that community, right? It's like, oh, I'm not just presenting myself as this cool chippy. I'm actually authenticating myself as this chippy to this community to show that I don't just like what they're doing, but I'm also here to support what they're doing and to participate in growing this. Um, And so this idea of community is, is, is definitely not new. Obviously communities have been around for a long time. And I think, you know, Reddit and Twitter and Discord have been doing this. Uh, you know, kind of service to bridging communities across the world. But I think NFTs are really adding another layer of complexity and coolness to being a member of a community, right? Yeah, I, I really like the way that you put, put that because these are ideas that I've, that I've also uh, shared but haven't thought of them exactly in that way. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about uh, Discord allowing that kind of fracturing into different um, personalities, different, uh, not personalities, different identities in different places could be a a personality as well. But um, I think it just makes it more of a versatile uh, tool 
for us to, to use. And um, yeah, there's something cool about being able to go into a community and it's, it's almost like, you know, yeah, you're putting on your clothes for that occasion. You're going to put on your chippy in the, in the chippy discord, you'll put on uh Dow punk and the Dow punk one, et cetera. And um, the, these, as you said, have existed before communities forever uh, internet communities since the internet and but this is this is something different and we're I think we're figuring out in some ways just exactly how it's different um, what that ownership does to to change the the equation but I think at least at least one thing is the commitment and the um, like you said, it's not just it's not just showing that you that you like something. It's it's a much deeper commitment than that. Uh, these things are scarce and they have value, and that skin in the game, and that um, you, I mean, in, like you have had to sacrifice something uh, to get into to to buy the NFT, even if it's just like the cost of the gas. Like that's that's a uh, that shows you care about it in a way that was impossible to communicate through the internet uh, other than with words, uh, which are not the same. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is actually a good, a good bridge, a good segue to thinking about decentralized applications and decentralized social. So let me build that bridge and see if we can get across it without falling down. Cause um, <laughs> I'm not the best, best maker of uh, bridges here. I gotta be honest, but this idea of like, you know, Discord uh, allowing you to present yourself, you know, to different communities in different ways, different identities. The, the key piece to showing that commitment isn't just the fact that you can change the image, but like we mentioned earlier is to actually like verify your, the ownership of that, right? Now, Twitter has introduced something where you could, you know, uh, verify uh, or, or, you know, upload or, 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 you know, an NFT by verifying that you own it through a wallet. But it's still, in my opinion, limited. Discord probably would be the best place to kind of present that if there was some Web3 native way of doing that. There is a, There are a ton of new applications that are getting built. Like on this podcast alone, I've interviewed quite a few different people that are building uh, decentralized social applications, decentralized uh, community portals. What are your thoughts in terms of how these uh, applications, these decentralized social protocols can think about communities coming together and uh, showing up for each other, showing the commitment, showing the shared values by using NFTs as a shared identity? Hmm. So... There's going to be, we're, we're seeing the beginnings of a lot of these uh, decentralized social media apps. Um, I've been trying them out uh, myself and there, there hasn't been that critical moment where people have started to, to shift to that off of the, the, the web two versions of them. Um, but I think that, that's just a matter of time until 
the everything falls, you know, all the, the pieces fall into place for that, that moment to happen. Um, but just the, the, so we used the word flexibility before decentralized social media apps will be flexible. I believe, uh, if they are able to be built upon, uh, permissionlessly, like, uh, the rest of crypto, then there, there's going to be kind of an, I, I imagine there'll be an explosion of, of innovation that goes on there. Um, that's going to unlock things that we will not even know to mention right now. Uh, like we, we won't, the next big thing is something that we haven't, uh, you know, thought of yet. Um, but I think that, yeah, the, the social media space is, is ripe to be one of those places where uh, crypto is, is really going to disrupt and massively like evolve our, our, our space. Um, yeah. Uh, like you can just see the power of the communities as they are now using these mostly web two versions. Like I would, other than the ability to verify your NFT on, on Twitter just to get that, you know, that hexagon. Um, or in Discord, they have some integration as well. You can verify you own something. But I think these are just the surface. This, this is just scratching the surface. They're, they're great for now. Uh, and maybe we don't need much more in this moment. But as we continue, I, you know, imagine like the full metaverse from from ready player one or something where it's all of these like different types of interactions to to are possible with 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 these tools with nfts and with with crypto so um yeah it's it's hard to like wrap my mind around it (laughs) i like this i like this reference you made about ready player one um by the way love the book terrible movie um (laughs) but i mean book was definitely better Yeah. yeah I think our imaginations are always better than what someone can put on a screen. So to be fair, um, my imagination is just better than that producer's imagination. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I, the, the reason why, why, why I bring that back is, you know, I've always thought about the future of Web3, right? The future of crypto being this choose-your-own-adventure multiplayer game, right? Where... Imagining Ready Player One, a metaverse in which anyone, depending on their experience level, depending on their interests, depending on their ownership of certain assets, they are welcomed to a variety of games. And each game will present itself to that individual in different ways because not everyone will want to play the game the same way. And there will be other players in that game with whom they might be able to interact, but no one else can, right? I, I like this idea of layering the metaverse as well. And I think a lot of that richness, a lot of that dynamic interaction comes from our identities, right? And how we choose to present ourselves. But, you know, and partly that could be the NFTs that we have, the communities that we've uh, uh, kind of become a part of, maybe through Web2 
uh, interactions on Discord or you know uh, hexagon uh, you know PFPs that we've shown on Twitter. Uh, I think that's a really interesting case. So, what are your thoughts about that? And and if you could add, what would the chipping metaverse look like? Have <laughs> to sneak that one in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, the chippy metaverse. Yeah. So based on what you're saying, I don't think there would be a, a chippy metaverse or it would be a a part of this greater thing, which is, I think, the whole reason we're here in the first place is because we don't games. I, I'm a, I've been a gamer all my life. I love playing games. Each game feels like its own siloed off kind of thing. And, and, and maybe that's that's good for certain cases. But imagine. Uh, I think probably one of the huge breakthroughs in gaming history was the, the MMORPGs where you have these just massive player bases that can all be online at the same time and be doing all kinds of crazy things. And that's, um, you know, it's, it was the first time I think in gaming that I'm aware of that created that sense of, oh, like maybe going back to this interconnectedness in this worldwide sort of situation. Because I think when you enter into these games, like they are very international. They're all over the people playing these all over the world, right? So, uh, but as they exist today, uh, they're also siloed. So you you join this game and uh, like World of Warcraft and that's the game. That's it. Like you can play with everyone in the world who's playing that same game as you. But like you were saying, maybe we, through this layering, we can get to this, we can create a game uh, or this network of games um, where you're, you're playing your game alongside people who are playing anything they want. And it's, it's, it, I guess like, the best visual analogy I could think of is my imagination from Ready Player One uh, for for what that would look like. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, just so so one project that I've, I I have looked into some Web three games just a little bit. I want to dive deeper into that this year. Uh, um, but one idea that I find really interesting is you have uh, some NFT that can be used in multiple games throughout multiple locations. And just, so that's, I think what you're getting at with this layering thing, or for example, like why I don't think there will just be a chippy metaverse. Like if you have your, your chippy, it can exist throughout this network that, that allows for it. That's written maybe some set of rules for how a chippy exists in these different places. And, and maybe they can vary, but, but it's, it's a network, right? Yeah. I, I guess as as you've described that, I am revising my thought of what I would call a chippy metaverse or just any particular project's metaverse. And I can think of it as, to your point, there's like this singular uh, world where everyone can go play, right? Their their experiences are different based, again, on, you know, personal experience, interests, and, you know, NFTs or identities that they have. But the chippy metaverse would really just be that set of rules of what a chippy is, uh, a set of you know items that it can have, a set of level ups. So it's like an upgra- uh, upgrade pack, right? You just introduce that pack into this uh, mporg, right? And suddenly you are your chippy with all of these other things that are part of your chippy metaverse, and you're 
playing a game um, with chippy rules in this much larger world, and you can find your tribe of chippies in you know in this world as well. Uh, I I just really that's a really interesting idea that I you know that I'm thinking about, and which also leads me to 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 uh, ask: Can we get some chippy items as a separate collection? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, um, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about. Oh, I, I really love just just what you said there uh, about the um, yeah about how this uh, that that revised idea of of what this means. Um, this yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, chippy items. Uh, yeah, so I'm not ready to say anything. I think you were asking a little bit facetiously, but I'll answer it seriously. Um, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about what to do next in the, uh, chippy in the chippy world. Um, I'm going to be finishing the 500 chippy at some points, uh, possibly having, uh, a, a next generation profile picture that, might be chippy chippy esque um, in the future, uh, but that's still a bit too early to to say anything too definitively about. Other than I'm thinking about it, uh, the bankless locations, another project that I'm coming near the end of. Um, my goal is to uh, finish or, or get nearly finished um, in this calendar year, um, and. Uh, as far as, as items go, there's, yeah, there's so many different places, uh, that we can go next. And I tend to move a bit slowly, I think, um, maybe in some ways fast, some ways slow, but I, I like to, yeah, I like to see what's happening, uh, see what other cool things people are inventing and iterating on because there is so much stuff happening all the time. Uh, and it, it really is, uh, pays to be plugged in to, to what's going on and going back again, I guess, to the, that community factor. I love having these communities that let you, that are connected to you and just like, let you know, what's going on. Like, so I would say the majority of like innovation inside of the, uh, the chippy project has come from inter internally, not from me necessarily, but from other people who are just, who are passionate about the project and who are there in the, in the discord. Like, so, so your suggestion here about items, like feel, yeah, it's very much like that. You, and you are a chippy of course too. So it's, uh, yeah. Ideas like these, I love, uh, I love getting inspiration from the community um, and I want to figure out a way to empower that community. So like you, you want chippy items, maybe it's not necessarily bottlenecked by me anymore. Maybe I can figure out some way of setting, setting things up where I allow the chippy community to just run with this idea and, you know, they can, they can create item, you know, some chippy can create items over here and we could be, um, yeah, doing iterating on 
you know, tens of different ideas at the same time. Um, so uh, if that, <laughs> maybe my answer is, <laughs> I don't want my answer to be, oh, go make them yourself. Because it's not the not the vibe that I want to communicate here, but uh, just um, I I yeah I want to explore this idea of community empowerment uh, more in this in this next year. Yeah, no, I think you made that absolutely clear. I don't think you're asking people to to go out and do their own thing. Um, but what you're saying, at least what what came across to me was, and and I think this is true because I've been in that Discord many times is that there is a community that's there, the community that has chosen to not just buy a chippy, uh, verify a chippy, has also uh, chosen to come together and be a part of something that's more than themselves, to ideate, to help the project to grow in ways that are interesting and fun, because, you know, I got to be honest, there's definitely a lot of other projects that uh, pro- whose primary, um, you know, idea of community and, and growth were very much tied to the financial element of it, right? Whereas I think there's a core, a genuine belief in ideals and values and art uh, for the sake of being art and community for the sake of being community. Of course, everything that I've said would be really interesting in terms of expanding that universe, right? But as long as it's sustainable, as long as it means something to the community that exists there, that would be wonderful. And it seems like the community uh, has an open forum for them to have these discussions and together uh, generate that value. Whether they collaborate with you to assist in the creation of these items or in some distribution of these items or marketing of these items or in, you know, integration to other projects. Cause I can already think of a few that I'm going to go knock on doors and say the chippy verse should be in here. Um, I, I think that's excellent. And by the way, Rarible, uh, I just recorded an episode with them like a week or two before this one. And I realized, I didn't know this, but they have a, a community marketplace and there are quite a few projects I would say of the scale of chippies who have created their marketplace through Rarible. And so there is this like ecosystem of come and, um, you know, uh, not just buy your chippies here, but also congregate and build community around the marketplace too, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to go check that out. Yeah. I've been a, a Rarible user. That was actually the very first platform that I minted uh, my first NFT on. Um, so I, I, I have a, a fondness, uh, for, for rareable. Um, uh, yeah, I, I love, I, there's a lot of things that I, I want to say at once, want to respond to here. Um, the, the, I don't know a better word for it, just vibes. I, sometimes I don't like using that word, but sometimes it's just the, the right word, you know, like the vibes in the, in the chippy discord are unlike any I've, seen in any internet community before that I've been a part of. Uh, and I, I think there's, I can definitely draw a clear line between uh, web two communities and web three communities in this sense as well. Uh, similar 
So very early in the in the show, you said like the bankless DAO is a big part of Chippy, and that's ap- absolutely true. It's it's very much like snow, like accident. They were born at the same time. Uh, the all of the early supporters were bankless DAO members, and and I'd say the the majority, maybe the vast majority, are in bankless DAO as well. Um, and the same similar, very similar vibes in in bankless DAO. Just this connection and camaraderie and um, caring about each other that I don't really, I didn't really see in, maybe it was just, it could very well be my own subjective experience and being a part of the online poker community when that was, that was the first big internet community I was a part of. And there was a lot of interesting conversation a lot. I learned a ton from that and did make some connections with people, but there wasn't that sense. And maybe it was because it was poker also, because so you're kind of pitted against each other in some way, even though not when you're on the forum talking about it. Um, but even in other like various video gaming communities that have been a part of, no s- sense that you're all united in in this way, uh, which is I think what what NFTs. Um, bring to the picture. Well, Perchy, uh, this has been a fun chat. I don't know what else we could have uh, talked about, but please do let me know. We failed to talk about something that we should have definitely uh, brought up. I don't think so. Um, yeah, this has been a wonderful chat. I've had a, I've had a great time. Uh, so glad we finally got a chance to do this. Yeah, glad. Same here. So the last question that I ask uh, to all of my guests, at least most recently, is what or who has been the most influential to you in your crypto journey? Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Um, do people try to cheat the question and answer with multiple, uh, multiple answers? Because that's what I'm, fe- <laughs> that's what I'm feeling very much, uh, compelled to do here. Um, I guess my uh, Anon, not Anon to me, but my one of my very good friends growing up uh, was the person who very first introduced me to uh, Bitcoin several years ago. Um, so as far as influential goes, that by definition uh, is has to be way up there. Um, after that... Uh, Discovering um, David Hoffman and uh, Ryan Sean Adams and their podcast, uh, I would say, is was the next wave of influence on me and kind of got me. I was converted me from a pure Bitcoiner to a, uh, a kind of a I would say neutral to maybe ETH leaning uh, crypto person, um, and. Then the next wave after that, and uh, maybe the most like personally significant wave was this, when I entered the crypto space as a creator, uh, which is, yeah, just a, two years ago about with the start of Bankless DAO and my own journey as, a, as an artist and creator. Um, and that's where... <laughs> I find it very hard to answer because there's so many, there's so, so many like it, you know, um, 
just everyone in, in Bankless DAO, uh, my sister, um, my girlfriend, uh, who supported me to uh, not necessarily in, in a crypto sense, but but helped me in just take a chance on myself and allow myself to to make this jump and kind of jump and in, leap into the unknown uh, and, and commit to this um, full time. Um, yeah. And I guess frog monkey, James Montgomery, iced cool, just a few people uh, very early on who saw those, those first comics and, uh, and tipped me some bank and said, even even more than that was just just giving a few kind words and saying and being like this is great you know I'd love to see another one or uh, uh, just gave me that that encouragement which I you know it's just a few it's amazing how just a few words in the right moment in your life can just send you on a on a path right um, and so. Yeah, uh, getting a little emotional just thinking about it, but that's, uh, there's, yeah, the bankless Dow, uh, bankless Dow strong. That's that's what I want to say. <laughs> and that's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Perchy and Chippies, you can follow them on Twitter at thefutureisdow1 and ChippyNFT. And as always, please go ahead and give us a like and a subscribe and a five-star review wherever you listen to our podcast. It truly means a lot to us, and it helps this content get to more people like you. And if you'd like to listen to more content like this, you can go to our website at cryptosapiens.xyz. Until next time, stay brainy.